What's going on, everybody? You're listening to the Social Rec Podcast. I am your host, Chad Sanchez, and you are listening to this on January 26th, 2021, and it is the one-year anniversary of the passing of a legend, Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant, as well as the other passengers that were on that tragic flight one year ago. Before we we dive into remembering Kobe, honoring Kobe, his legacy on the court, uh, beyond the court, past retirement, the future and goals he had planned, um, you know, I was watching some some basketball games last night, and unfortunately, the Dallas Mavericks didn't pull it out against the Denver Nuggets, but definitely a, um, a somewhat rivalry going on between those two teams as Luka and KP go against you know, Jamal Murray and, and Djokovic, but I did see that um, the Brooklyn Nets were playing against the Miami Heat and, you know, pregame, they have the rituals of, you know, the league fits and players coming down the, the aisle and what they're wearing, what they're sporting, you know, designer brands, what, what clothes and shoes they have on. And it was, you know, interesting and to see uh, Kyrie Irving sporting a Kobe Bryant Lakers uh, jersey is his number eight jersey to, you know, kind of show that, you know, because they weren't playing today. They were playing yesterday. So he wanted to show his love and support for Kobe because, of course, um, Kobe and and Kyrie had this um, special bond with each other. So it was great to see that. And definitely the games that play out today, I'm sure there'll be a lot of, you know, remembering Kobe um, videos. You'll see, you know, some of his old detail stuff. <clears throat> maybe his his dear basketball video which we'll go into a little bit later on uh but definitely you'll you'll see your 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 twitter feeds and your instagram feeds and your facebook feeds uh most likely all pouring out for for kobe and and you know to remember his death a uh, a year ago so let's go ahead and just dive into this episode because we have a lot of stuff to go over uh talking about kobe talking about gianna talking about kobe's legacy on the game of basketball his love for the game of basketball and and so much that that he's he did over the course of of his uh his basketball career and of course unfortunately his life was cut short but um yeah so it was a year a year ago today and you know people will say like where were you on this day where were you on that day <clears throat> what things do you remember what details can you recall and for me january was was a pretty you know tough month um in 2020 cuz uh, unfortunately my my grandfather had passed away so i had to take some time off from from work to go and spend time with my family and you know handle the you know, you know be with them in their time of grieving um and it was the first um really big loss that we've had in a while, you know, my grandfather, him passing away. And then a few weeks later, uh, it, it hit, it, you know, we got word that, that Kobe had passed. And I remember it was a Sunday because me and my friends were geared up to go to the Royal Rumble, which was here in Houston at uh, Minute Maid, Minute Maid Park. And I was outside with my kids. We were, you know, playing in the driveway up and down, you know, on the little playground. And my kids were like riding little cars or little bikes. And I remember I got a text message uh, notification from my youngest brother, Aaron. And he sends me like a screenshot from from TMZ that Kobe has died in a plane crash. And, you know, everything in me just kind of stopped when I got that alert because, you know, TMZ is somewhat credible. 
maybe not fully credible. And so I thought it was just a joke. Um, I thought it was just some kind of hoax that people were playing. You know, I couldn't really believe it. So I, I started, you know, hitting the the internet feeds and seeing what was happening. And at that at that at that moment, TMZ was the only people was the only company there or news outlet to uh, to drop that headline. And I hadn't seen it anywhere else yet. You know, I figured ESPN would make the drop, and that's when I knew it would be official. So I kept texting my brother, like, "Hey, you know, stop playing. This isn't funny." Um, you know, hey, hey, this isn't a joke. This is this is serious. And <clears throat> sure enough, he's like, well, I got it from a friend. My friend sent it. To, my, my friend sent it to me. I'm sending it to you, because of course, you know, I, although I have a, I had a love hate relationship with Kobe. Um, ultimately, I enjoyed the the latter part of of his career and his retirement, things he was doing with his with his family and with the with different companies and, and the legacy he was doing, um, getting together after basketball. But then once I I got the notification from ESPN and seeing other people posted on their feeds, posted on their websites, you know, it, it, it was a shock and you were just getting details and slowly but surely of who all was on that plane. You were getting words that it was his oldest daughter. Then you were getting words that it was one of his youngest daughters until you finally start putting all the pieces together on what they were doing. And, you know, and it's just shocking to think about it because they had, done this routine, you know, maybe hundreds of times of, you know, taking their private jet or helicopter and flying it to, to one of their games. And that, to think nothing of it, um, you know, the safety precautions, the, 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 the checklists of what they have to do to get from point A to point B, you know, they thought nothing of it. And I think the hardest part for me was finding out that Gianna was on the flight with him and then her other teammates, teammates, fathers, the co, you know, the, the pilot and all that stuff. And it was a few hours later as we were preparing to go to the wrestling event that, you know, I did get a word, official word that it was his daughter on the helicopter with them. And that just struck me, you know, pretty hard because a father myself, um, three kids married for, for eight years. Um, you know, it's, it's really hard to talk about, but just, you know, what was that, that, you know, heartbreaking interaction with, with Kobe and his daughter as they eventually, you know, as they died. And I won't go into any more of that, but that's just what, what the day was like for me. And I'm sure other people can recall where they were when, when Kobe, when they got the word that, that Kobe had, had, had died. But let's remember more of his, of his legacy, where he started, where he was going, and you know what the future really could have entailed with if Kobe was still with us today, as we honor him. So Kobe was drafted in nine, one of the greatest draft, probably one of the greatest draft classes of all time, the 1996 draft class that had the likes of you know, of course, Kobe Bryant, um, Steve Nash, Alan Allen Iverson, um, Stephon, um, Stephen Marbury. Um, Ray Allen, Marcus Camby, um, did I already say Steve Nash, Allen Iverson, I believe Antoine Walker. There were there were plenty of, of memorable names in that draft class, and of course Kobe was one of them. Um, he was initially drafted by the Charlotte, uh, drafted by Charlotte, but then got traded to to the Lakers. And in his first you know few years, of course he was struggling, trying to get the hang of it. Um, still a young cat. Uh, one of the first to come out of high school, of course, you know, didn't even go on to college, just went straight to the pros from high school and ultimately, you know, became sort of becoming a household, a household name. And so eventually once him and Shaq hooked up a few seasons later, 
They went on to win three straight NBA championships, I believe from 2000 to 2002, uh, beating the likes of New Jersey, beating the likes of um, Philadelphia 76ers, Nathan Iverson, and thus creating a dynasty. It wasn't until about 2004 when they created the super team. I'll, I'll never forget because it was Kobe, it was Shaq, it was Karl Malone, and it was Gary Payton all trying to do what they could to, to help them you know, chase the championship ring and ultimately ended up losing to the teamwork of the Detroit Pistons from Chauncey Billups, Rasheed Wallace, uh, Ben Wallace, Rip Hamilton, Tayshaun Prince, um, and that just that great team that was there with them. So ultimately, after about 2004, you see Shaq and Kobe eventually go their separate ways. Kobe kind of, you know, fades into a little bit of obscurity. Um, and at this time, he is, he's wearing Adidas, right? He's wearing his, his Adidas line. Um, questionable models. You had the Kobe, you know, Crazy 8. Um, you had a couple of other KB models. And then came out that, it came out that, uh, that futuristic looking type shoe in the Kobe, I believe it was like Kobe 1 and Kobe 2, which, you know, did people have it? Yes. Was it widely popular? No. Um, was it a, a definite, definite talked about shoe? Absolutely. It was like this futuristic um, type shoe that might be better fit into in today's NBA sneaker society. But nonetheless, you know, Kobe approved it. Kobe rocked them in those, you know, those seasons that they came out came out with a few interesting colorways, such as like an American flag colorway, um, you know, the, 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 the sleek silver. And I remember, you know, in middle school, this one kid who had them, um, and he, you know, he rocked them, you know, we, we talked to him about it and, you know, how can you pick that shoe? It looks funky, but it, it, it seemed to work. So he's with Adidas, he's going on with the, with the Adidas line. This is way before Nike, um, three championships. And then once him and, and Shaq finally split up, he becomes a sneaker or sneaker free agent and starts rocking all kinds of crazy um, Laker colorways from the, the Converse weapon uh, and a Laker purple and gold colorway. The Reebok question, a purple and gold colorway, different models of Jordans, such as uh, I believe the eights, some sevens, um, possible I believe some some different Jordan twelves. Uh, you know, rocking all kinds of heat before um, sneaker heat was was really crazy. So Kobe kind of led that frontier of just you know rocking different kicks and adding his own flair uh, of style to it. So then we come around to the 2006 um, season, and we'll scratch that. Let's go back a little bit. Let's go back a season before. I believe it was 2005. Looking at some some you know memorable moments that that Kobe had, and one that really sticks out to me is against the Dallas Mavericks in 2005. I don't have the exact date, but I just know it was a killer because Kobe had more points in three quarters than the Dallas Mavericks had that entire game. So I believe it was like Kobe scored 62 points to the Dallas Mavericks, 61 in three quarters. And of course, the Maver the Lakers ended up going on to kill the Mavericks. And it was just like one of those big chain of events that led to you know Kobe just torching teams on any given night. Crazy, crazy scoring numbers, 50s, 60s. Um, it's over, and I'll never forget it because he just he just killed them like he was completely unstoppable. Scoring sixty two points in three quarters was completely unheard of. And I don't even think he played the rest of the game after that because he didn't need to. Like he could have really 
gone for like 70, 80, 90, whatever he really wanted to, he could have gotten that night. Um, so, you know, memorable moment that sticks out for me and Kobe. And then in 2000, jumps to 2006 and you have probably the greatest scoring um, game put together since um, since Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game in 2006 where Kobe scored 81. That's right. I said it. 81 points against the Toronto Raptors. I mean, he shot like ridiculous numbers, but I, I believe his shot chart was like in the 60s or 70s. I mean, he put up a lot of shots to to reach 81 points. And what was crazy too was I believe, you know, before that or before, after the, the half or before the half ended, he was probably somewhere around 30 or 40 points. And, you know, in the second half put up ridiculous amount of points to, to reach the 81 uh, eventually uh, winning the game against Toronto, uh, getting the 81 shooting two free throws. And, you know, that game goes down in, in, you know, in history, because if you, if you look up on YouTube, the commercial with him and Jalen Rose, it's that funny line where, Oh, Kobe, what would you like to drink? Oh, I would like a, a, a martini. Uh, and then the waiter asks, Oh, how many martinis do you, how many, how many olives do you want? And he looks at Jalen Rose and looks at the the waiter and he says, 81. <laughs> and you just see the look of Jalen Rose's face and the look on Kobe's and it was just stone cold looks. And he's like, oh, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, y'all have to look at it. I mean, the commercial was great. So, you know, 81 points against the Toronto Raptors. It's never going to go away. Jalen is never going to live it down. Um, one of the greatest games probably ever played. And then as you continue through the 06 season, um, you have this great, this great playoff series with the the Lakers and the Phoenix Suns and of course the Suns are hot uh, having Steve Nash having Sean Marion having Stoudemire um, just a whole slew of guys you know running that that fast-paced uh, Mike D'Antoni offense but then you know and I think this is truly where the the Mamba mentality starts really coming into play and he's having that that you know he's he always had that killer instinct but now we're starting to separate him um, into his own era, his own unique superstardom, all-star, you know, best player on the planet type of type of a, a, a game. Because then he it's it's in overtime, and he gets the the ball on the left. He gets the ball in the inbound, the inbound pass, one two dribbles, um, pulls up, you know, with this patented you know fadeaway um, shot, and just kind of leans to the right and just goes in. And I remember that uh, he he makes it. Right. And that's where you get the, the moment like that, that freeze frame of Kobe where he like rips his jersey. He doesn't rip his jersey, but he pulls his jersey, you know, to the side. And you see the um, what was it? The McDavid hex pad, you know, the white underneath the white jersey. And it's like, you know, it's this pure animalistic um, roar, uh, excitement, passion, heart on his sleep. Um Kobe, really Kobe-esque, and and they take the lead 3-1. Um, I believe they went on to win the series. I'm not too sure. I just know, you know, 06 was a great year. And then you start seeing um, uh, at this point as well, Kobe is jumping, um, starts jumping into his Nike line, right? He went from Adidas, played the free agency for a while, and now he's, he's jumping in with Nike to to create his own Nike signature line with the Kobe one. Um, 
which is an interesting model, a little bit bulky, a little bit heavy. Um, going on to the Kobe 2, Kobe 2 is pretty good, different, uh, mid-cut shoe, again, a little bit heavy. Uh, and then it wasn't until about 2008 when he resurfaced going back to the finals where the Kobe 3 uh, uh, broke out. And I really enjoyed the, the Kobe 3 model. It was different. It had the Nike swoosh on the back. It had like this kind of snakeskin um, pattern, not so much detail, but snakeskin like shape. Um, and it was different. You know, it had the ventilations throughout the whole shoe, um, you know, the textile kind of fabric. Uh, the, go look at the Kobe 3. The Kobe 3 is probably one of the most underrated Kobe shoes of, of his entire line because I believe it cut down on the weight, but it wasn't um, as, I guess, innovative as the Kobe 4 and Kobe 5 and beyond go into. But the Kobe 3, I feel, was really the changing point of, of Kobe's line. Uh, kind of like the Jordan 3, right? Jordan was was ready to leave Nike, go on to a different brand, but it wasn't until the Jordan 3 where the line really shifted and changed. Same thing with the Kobe line. Kobe 3, I feel like, was one of the most under underrated shoes, um, but it's it's one that I feel really symbolizes what Kobe is, Kobe was, his Black Mamba uh, mentality, all, all that different stuff. So ultimately, in 2008, you have the, the resurgent rivalry uh, against the Boston Celtics, going against Ray Allen, going against uh, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Ray John Rondo, right? And it's this, it's this East versus West, you know, Lakers, Boston, um, all all kinds of of crazy stuff um, going on through that series. But before we go um, any deeper, before we dive into this next phase of the of Kobe's legacy, let's take a quick break, and when we come back we'll go into the next part. So stay put, we'll be right back. All right, and welcome back everybody to the Social Rec Podcast. I am your host, Chad Sanchez. And before we went, took a little break, we were talking about the um, the rivalry between you know, the 2008 NBA Finals of the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Boston Celtics. And it was really that first year when the, that big three had gotten together. You know, uh, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, along with Rajon Rondo, Kendrick Perkins, big baby Glenn Davis. I believe it was Nate Robinson as well. Like they had a pretty good team, but so did the Lakers. You know, they had Kobe Bryant. They had Paul Gasol. They had Lamar Odom, Derek Fisher. Um, Sasha Vujicic, you know, they had they had a pretty good squad as Jordan Farmer. Um, they they were you know uh, um, they they were you know the, the exact opposite type of team. Ultimately, um, I believe the Lakers ended up losing in in seven games, and it was heartbreaking because part of me wanted the Lakers, I mean the the Boston Boston to win for Pierce, KG, and Ray Allen to get their chip. But then when I saw the defeat in uh, in Kobe's eyes, you know, it made me want to kind of root for them instead. Uh, so Kobe took the loss, came back next year, the following season, and Nike brought out probably one of the most innovative Kobe's uh, of, of the line in the Kobe 4, and, and that shoe just ultimately turned the sneaker basketball game on its head. Now, right before that as well, you also had the the revealing of the Nike Hyperdunk, and Kobe was the... Um, the, the the you know the the torchbearer for that sneaker ultimately it wasn't his shoe but you know he he was you know the person that 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 rocked it that wore it it was kind of like a, a an unsignature signature shoe for Kobe Bryant and if you look at the hyperdunk you kind of uh, attach that to his 
sneaker legacy because he wore it in the Olympics. There's the famous video of him jumping over the Ashton Martin in the black and purple and gold Lakers colorway. Um, and so it really resonates with with this type of career. Uh, the the idea for the uh, you know the flynet came from Eric Avar, who got the got the idea from looking at suspension bridges and wanted to use flynet to reduce the weight for sneakers, but still make them more structurally dependable, structurally um, strong, and you know safe and secure for NBA players. Took that tech and put it into the Kobe Four, Kobe Five. Um, Kobe six, Kobe seven, and just the fly, you know, Flywire was was big in in Kobe's line. Ultimately, in the Kobe four is where you really saw like you know Kobe wanted to go with a, a lower cut shoe. You know, there's that the myth that you know high top shoes are good for you, they give a lot of support, and low top shoes are bad, they make you roll your ankles. And ultimately, he was trying to show that that's that's a myth that it's not true. And he did. You know, you had the different advertisements for the Kobe four of like Kobe versus Kobe. How do you beat yourself? Um, and definitely, you know, there was a lot of tech that went into the Kobe four to make it a, a great shoe. I saw it on on campuses. I saw it, you know, on college games, basketball games. And it's it's one of the more popular models in today's game as well, since they did the uh, pro tro of, of the Kobe shoe. And then, of course, you had the Kobe five, um, six and seven. And, and the lines continued to grow um, from ultimately from the Kobe four. And so, you know, you get into the 09, uh, 09 season, Kobe's rocking the, the Kobe four and he goes on and he beats the Orlando magic in the NBA finals. And he had those popular colorways for the NBA finals as well. And 2010, um, Kobe brings out the Kobe five and personally my, my favorite model of any of his shoes because it made it a little bit sleeker put it behind some different types of uh of uh pliable you know durable leather um you hide you hit the fly wire underneath it but it still gives it the the less weight the more structure all that good stuff and i felt like the the kobe 5 had definitely more colorways was more uh sturdy long lasting than the four which i guess over time started frying um with the with the material but goes on and wins another wins his um his fifth championship getting a rematch against the 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 boston celtics from that 08 season and ultimately i mean this was this was probably you know my second favorite um nba finals matchup besides the 2011 um run of the dallas mavericks because you get that rematch you know it's east versus west again kobe paul lamar versus um Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, KG, and they they take it to seven games, <clears throat> and and Kobe is able to to wield his team to um, another championship, back to back championships, and then there's the infamous you know photos of him jumping on the stands, really kind of mimicking um, MJ holding the five in the air, the confetti you know purple and gold is raining down um, on the Lakers. Kobe has his hat on, he has the ball in one hand holding up five in the other. And you see he has the, you know, he <clears throat> he was playing with the pretty much a broken finger throughout this series. And he has it like heavily uh, uh, bandaged. I believe it was a shooting hand too, which is heavily bandaged and having to, to play through, you know, a broken finger in the NBA finals on the biggest stage of them all, um, rocking like some of the dopest Kobe's I've probably ever seen in my life. I think they were like, I believe, yeah, they were white and gold. Um, so then, you know, his legacy is restored, five championships, although he should have won seven, the loss of Detroit and the loss to, to Boston. Um, and then, you know, 
talking about uh, to kind of end wrap up his career as well with championships. Um, he had won a gold medal in 08 with the uh, Redeem team. I mean, look up the Redeem team. Great group of, of players assembled. LeBron, Kobe, Chris Paul, um, Chris Bosh, Jason Kidd, Dwight Howard, Deron Williams. Um, just a just a great overall team to kind of bring uh, U.S. basketball out of obscurity since they had been terrible for at, at previous Olympics. That was a really great run in bringing, you know, USA basketball um, glory. And then again in 2012, KD joins the team. Um, they run it back and win gold again. And then, you know, eventually father time starts catching up with Kobe Bryant. He gets the Achilles injury which kudos to him because I think if it was me, um, I would have just walked off the court or had to been carried out of there. Kobe tears his Achilles, and you get the you get the you know the the the, the still image of Kobe shooting two free throws, willing himself up, getting to the free throw line, shooting two free throws um, with the torn Achilles, torn right Achilles. I believe it was left Achilles. Either way, like to still shoot two free throws and then walk out on your own power. I mean, it was it, it was a glorious. But ultimately, you're seeing Kobe's body start breaking down. Comes back with the, um, <clears throat> I believe it was the Kobe seven. Um, I believe it was the Kobe eight or the Kobe nine. Yeah, I believe it was the Kobe nine. Look at the Kobe eight real quick. Yeah, so with the Kobe nine, you get like the symbolism, you know three stitches on the back of the heel to, you know, to represent his Achilles repair. But then um, he gets a, he gets a shoulder injury. He, needs, he requires surgery for that. Then he gets like another knee injury requires surgery for that. So he's out a couple of seasons, you know, repairing, you know, recovering from an Achilles injury, recovering from a shoulder injury, uh, other nagging injuries that just kind of side at him for a few more seasons until finally, you know, he decides to call it quits in 2016, and you're you're starting to get your uh, your farewell tour for for Kobe Bryant, and um, you know we've talked a lot about his his impactful games, his championships, his accolades, uh, but ultimately that that last game against Utah was just phenomenal. Um, they just showed it, I believe, Sunday, and I had to record it. Uh, keep it in my, you know, recording bank to kind of go back to and, and do because Kobe didn't really have a team. You know, it was Kobe Bryant and then whoever those players are with that team. Um, I can't even name one player. I mean, I could probably think of, um, I can't even think of his name. I think he plays for Cleveland now. I just remember Dirk scored like his 30K points on him or something like that. But anyways, Utah was winning this entire, Utah was winning this game, you know, the the first first half, somewhat third quarter. And then Kobe, being who he is, is able to will his team to, you know, bringing them back, scoring points. Um, and and you, 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 you know, you go back and you watch the game. And there's no way he was able to bring this team back and have them win in his last game. But he does. And that, cause that's what, that's who he is. That's who he was. That's what he embodied on the basketball court. No matter if we're down by 15, no matter if we're down by 30, you're going to play and you're going to dig out of this hole. And that's what he did. Um, got his teammates involved, but ultimately he he took over the game. And 
they they ended up winning his last game of the of his entire career. <coughs> now you could argue and say, did Utah really throw the game? And I'm thinking, no, they they wouldn't do that. To to for somebody to say like, oh, I let Kobe win, that's not that's no that's nobody's that's a nobody's competitive spirit, you know. Oh, I want to beat Kobe on his last game and say that I beat him. Yeah, that sounds more realistic. So Kobe wills his team back against Utah. And he scores a phenomenal 60 points in his last game. I don't even think MJ had 60 points in his last game as a Washington Wizard or and not even a Chicago Bull. You know, 60 points, um, you know, uh, scoring-wise, scoring, scoring wise, I believe he's, you know, three or four all time. Scoring, I believe he's, uh, let's see, what where, where does he rank? All-time points leaders. Yeah, Kobe is number four all time, surpassed Michael Jordan. Um, again, so many accolades, but to score sixty points on your last game is just, it's just phenomenal. And then of course he has the big old farewell party, the big old speech. Um, doesn't really say too much, but again, ends it on Mamba out, drops the mic, goes off into the sunset, um, and then you're looking at you know post post retirement. And I feel like Kobe was just getting ready for the next phase of his life. And he had already, you know, after retirement, took some time off, but then really jumped back into, into building more of a legacy post-basketball. And I feel like that's what a lot of NBA players struggle with. You know, after I'm done with the game, what do I do next? And if you don't have something established, if you don't have some roots set somewhere, ultimately those players fail. But Kobe had stuff set out he had his show with espn titled detail he went on to become a a coach for his his daughter's basketball team they were called you know mamba he started you know the the mamba academy he was doing other projects you know i, I saw him on the art of sports i think it was like different types of deodorants body washes um did things to, to cater to to athletes and and their natural uh, bodies. Um, he was getting into body armor. I believe it was like some kind of sports drink. And then, you know, it was that the, um, he was coming out with, he was doing his own book series, the Wizard in Book Series. My my wife and I uh, bought the first book. We haven't really gotten into it yet, but I know it's there. I know there's, they're continuing the line, even though <clears throat> he has passed on. So, you know, seeing some of those projects, and then ultimately his his Academy Award winning short film, Dear Basketball, that came out in 2017, which he narrates, you know, he helps put it all together. And it's it's a it's a great um it's a great short film. You know, if you haven't seen it, go out and watch it, Dear Basketball. And it's kind of it's Kobe's, I believe, letter to to the, the NBA summit or something like that. And they turn it into a short film. And it's, it's really gorgeous, really beautiful, really encompasses who Kobe was as an athlete, as a, as, as a, a, a player of the game, as a student of the game, all that stuff. And then he came out with a, a book, Mamba Mentality in 2018 as well. And so, you know, he was doing, it seemed like his basketball career was just like a blip on the map, but everything that he was doing since his, since he retired was like, you know, a, 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 as big as a planet on what he was, you know, going to accomplish post, uh, post basketball career, you know? <clears throat> and so on, on this day, we, we take time to, 
you know, honor Kobe and honor Gianna and, and honor those that, that lost their lives in that unfortunate helicopter accident. But, you know, Kobe left a lot, left behind a great legacy. And if you even look at um, The Last Dance, which you can find on Netflix about Michael Jordan and the 98 season and the Chicago Bulls, Kobe, Kobe is there and he says, you know, there is no Kobe Bryant if there, if not for Michael Jordan. Those are really impactful words. And so, you know, as, as we wrap up tonight's episode, you know, um, again, Kobe left a great legacy on the game. He he reached out and, and touched many players. They A lot of them modeled their game after him. Um, you know, I've had times where I'm just like, dang, you know, I like a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking that Kobe is, is gone. And I was listening to a, a podcast yesterday with uh, um, Woj, uh, the Woj podcast, and they were doing a podcast for Kobe as well. And I, I could relate to those players. It's just like, man, he's not, he's not here with us anymore. And it's even with the death of a relative, like it's hard to process that information. But I feel like, you know, with Kobe being a father and being a, 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 a you know, a player, of basketball, you know, I love basketball. Um, he's a big part of that basketball culture and that piece is gone. So it's, it's, it's just weird. I don't really know how to explain it, but I was thinking about, man, like he's, he's gone. He's not here anymore. You can watch a video of him and you, he feels like he's there, but then you think about it, like he's gone, you know, um, hopefully his family is able to, uh, move on and celebrate this day and celebrate their memory. And, um, yeah, I wish them all, you know, the best of luck in the future. But I know every January 26th, um, fans and players and the basketball world will celebrate the life and death of Kobe Bryant.